Hello and welcome back to the show. This is Coach Man. In this week's episode, we'll be analyzing what happened in the past week. Uh, Champions League analysis. Uh, we'll be uh, analyzing some of the Premier League games as well. Upcoming fixtures. But let's start with a statement that was made by none other than Megan Rapino. She is back at it, folks. Um, not a big fan uh, of, of what she proposes. And, and uh, she basically labeled Manchester United a disgrace for taking so long to have a women's team. United currently topped the Women's Super League table but only started up a new team only two years ago, a long time after their rivals have invested in their sport. Um, if anything is a disgrace is Megan Rapinoe's comments, to be honest with you. She has the most outrageous comments. And uh, for the people that are backing her comments and, and supporting uh, her ideology that women are supposed to be paid exactly like the men, it just doesn't make sense and it's not about men or women it's about who puts people in the seats and we'll talk about that later i'll give you some stats and the mls is actually doing uh, was doing before covid a very good job they put butts in the seats and that's what pays the bills my friend who watches women's soccer to be honest with you absolutely nobody not to bash on anybody uh not to take away from their game or their skill or anything i mean megan rapino she won um the ballon d'or for women in 2019 when uh u.s women's team won the world uh cup that was based off six goals uh two assists three of those goals were from penalty kick um were scored from a penalty kick um there, there are different standards here. You cannot compare the Women's World Cup with the Men's World Cup. At the club level, she only uh, she only plays about 10 to 12 games a season, 16 games at the most. Um, it's just it's just you cannot even compare merchandise, uh, TV rights, so on and so forth. You cannot even compare. And they actually, uh, they actually had a lawsuit saying that. The women's national team is uh, discriminated against by the U.S. Soccer Federation, which, uh, of course, was rejected in, in court because the agreement that they made was uh, was performance based for the men and a base compensation for the women, which means the women have a hundred thousand dollars guaranteed plus bonuses where the men get compensated more in accordance to their performances and they get paid for a base uh, training uh, national team calls etc etc plus the viewership is not there plus the merchandise is not there and uh, if you divide what they've won in uh, 2019 when they won the World Cup they got paid a lot more than the men and that is uh, that is a fact another thing that women have that men don't it is a, a health care plan, which is huge here in the United States, and a retirement plan. So both of these things are not available in the men's agreement. Now she's coming in saying that, oh, if we would have uh, this type of contract, we would earn three times more. Well, you should have thought about it when you agreed initially. 
right? So uh, Carlos Cordero, the president of U.S. Soccer, paid out $34.1 million in salary and game bonuses to the men between 2010 and 2018. So without taking into consideration the year where they won the World Cup, so $34.1 million opposed to $26.4 million paid to the men. And of course, this, uh, this value does not include the benefits uh, listed uh, just earlier. So healthcare and a retirement plan. So you cannot come in and say like, oh my God, we, we need a clarification. We need this. We need that. Like you, you got paid more, actually. And there's a, a boatload of teams uh, that that uh, could make, you know, that case. But um, women's soccer, unfortunately, although as as successful as it is and um, absolutely people people like to take pride in in uh, the women's team women winning the World Cup is an absolutely phenomenal achievement. But to come in from that, you know, to to just slander everybody around you because you want to get paid like Ronaldo or Messi that's never ever ever going to happen so we're going back to the same discussion that we had with uh, the NBA how about you know somebody the best player in the WNBA to get paid as much as LeBron that is never going to happen why because LeBron is LeBron Messi is Messi Ronaldo is Ronaldo and Megan Rapinoe is Megan Rapino, and she'll never be a Messi or Ronaldo or a LeBron. I'm sorry, but that's the hard truth and the, the, the reality. Nobody watches the games. I don't even know if they're broadcasters, to be honest with you. I I think I saw something about women's uh, games being broadcasted, but <laughs> it, you, you got to understand. You got to understand. You, you If there's no revenue, if you work for a company, if, if you don't bring in a lot of value. How do you how do you expect that company to to uh, to to pay you more if you don't bring anything? Uh, you know, the MLS brings money. What does the women's championship bring? Viewership, merchandise sold. You cannot compare the two. How do you want more money when your league is not generating any money? So we look at the MLS, right? Um, 2020, on July 10th, um, domestic audience peaks at 521,000 viewers in Orlando City versus Inter Miami. Now, that is that is a record, and uh, they usually average about 460,000 viewers. And um, one thing that the MLS does is puts people in the seats so let me um let me compare the mls now and this is uh this is a stat that i found in 2017 right so three years ago the average revenue per team in euros so premier league 265 million euros bundesliga 188 million euros la liga 168 million euros Serie A, 113 million league one 82 million Serie A in Brazil, 65 million Super League in China, 59 million J1 League in Japan, 48 million Premier League in Russia, 44 million Super League in Turkey, 41 million and there's the MLS soccer in the USA, 39 million. Right? Okay. 
So moving on. Major U.S. sports average revenue per team in 2017. NFL, $377 million. MLB Baseball, $291 million. NBA, $225 million. NHL Hockey, $140 million. College Football, $83 million. And there's the MLS with $44 million. So less than half of college football. And it makes sense. Because a lot more people watch college football. A lot more people are more heavily invested in college football than the MLS. For good reason. And like I said before, you cannot even compare the MLS with any of the top five leagues. Uh, if you look, they, they brought in uh, $39 million as opposed to $265 million of the Premier League. The, the quality is not there. Again, people are not heavily invested, but what they do, what the MLS does, is puts people in the stands, right? So if you look at uh, average attendance, um, Bundes there's Bundesliga, there's Premier League, there's La Liga, there's um, Super League in China, there's uh, Liga MX in Mexico, there's Serie A, and there's the MLS. 8.6 million people attended soccer games or football games, whatever you want to call it, in 2017, which makes it an average of 21,873. And the MLS is just about close or the same with League One in France, Superliga in Argentina, and uh, Eredivisie in um, the Netherlands. But again, TV ratings totally different story you look at NFL uh, 15 million NBA 1.3 NHL 1.2 uh, MLB 1 million and you know the MLS is uh, at about 307,000 you look at the source of revenue at the two uh, at the top 20 European teams the broadcast is making 45% of their revenue 38% is corporate sponsors and match day is only 18%. So as you can see, it is 45% in broadcast. So needless to say, you know, it, once you make it in the big leagues, once you make it in the Premier League and you and you promote, you get a boatload of cash just from your TV rights and that's what uh, uh you know, the clubs in a premiership are fighting for. Is fighting for that promotion money. But MLS teams have a match day of 50% revenue. Corporate sponsors make up 40% of their revenue and broadcast only 10%. That's the huge difference, friends. That's the huge difference. And I hope this makes sense. I hope this makes sense on how I compared women's to women uh, to, to men's teams and then the MLS compared to United States competition. I mean, there's plenty of competition and they'll never have soccer or football be at the same level with basketball with baseball with hockey because it's all about the ads i mean super bowl ads you pay millions billions of dollars for 30 seconds every single year all of these uh, all of these games here that are played in the united states they have a lot of interruption 
American football, a lot of interruption. Uh, hockey, a lot of interruption. A lot of ads that are being poured. A lot of ads. You watch three game, three three hours a game, and over an hour is just ads. In soccer, you have forty five minutes plus extra time. Then you get the fifteen minutes to show your ads where everybody's going. To, you know, to whatever open another beer, talk about whatever. They don't really pay attention to those 15 minutes of ads or your time is wasted because not a lot of people watch those ads in the 15 minutes. People go to, you know, take a break from the game and come back for the other 45 minutes. And after the game, guess what? Nobody's going to watch the ads after the game also. And that's why soccer or football will never be big in the United States just because of the way the game is played and they try to they try to make it a little. Uh, they they tried to make changes in the past, but it didn't work out because the the football fan is is a, a, a traditionalist. They don't want these massive changes in the the way the game is played, and they've tried to make uh, a boatload of changes that make absolutely no sense. And thank God they haven't been adopted just yet. But at the same time. It's it's all a money's game, people. And uh, here in the U.S., um, you know, the MLS is doing a good job, but this is the place where very, you know, <laughs> former glories of football come to die, unfortunately. You, you don't come here to, um, you know, boost your career or put another, you know, feather in, in your cab because... The MLS is nothing to be proud about. And to be honest with you, uh, when Messi or Ronaldo get to the point where they, they consider retiring, I hope I hope that neither of them would come to the MLS because um, not that I won't watch it. I will watch it and I will go to the games and it will be fantastic for the MLS. But I think for their careers, I mean, these two players offered us uh, something magnificent that we've never seen before in our lives and I think um, I think um, I would rather have him retire from uh, I don't know Italy in the case of Ronaldo and Spain than for, for them to come here and um, and play in the MLS it's I mean these monsters will score 30 40 50 goals a season um, it's it's a huge gap it's a huge gap in between the MLS, the quality of play, the coaching, the facilities, everything. A huge gap in between here and what you have in Europe. In terms of the quality of the players and so on and so forth. I mean, let's look at Slatan, right? Like Slatan is is an <laughs> it's an exception. He came here, LA uh, played in LA. Didn't, didn't succeed in winning. He came in to win the championship. He didn't. But then he went to Milan. I mean, just... just his, his, his trajectory was just ridiculous. You come in the MLS and then you go up like five levels or whatever you want to say. But definitely Serie A is much, much, much better than the MLS. Um tougher opponents, different level of competition. You get to play in the Champions League. You get to play in the Europa League, if anything. And you have much tougher opponents over there. And needless to say, a lot more exposure. 
so on and so forth. I mean, you cannot even compare um, Italy or or any any top five league to the MLS. The exposure that you have over there, it's it's um, unparalleled. But yeah, that is uh, <laughs> those are my two cents um, about you know unequal pay. And what Megan Rapino has said and will probably continue saying. Um, as I mentioned before, they had a lawsuit. It was thrown out because it doesn't make any sense. You agree to something and then you complain that what you agree to doesn't work for you. Well, tough luck. Maybe next time you'll be better in negotiating your pay. And for people that still don't understand, it's very simple, folks. Um, you cannot ask more money if you don't bring more money. And that, unfortunately, doesn't happen. Um, U.S. women's soccer team is a phenomenal team. Uh, one for the records. They won the, the World Cup twice. Um, Performance-wise, you cannot even compare to the men's. I mean, the men's weren't even able to win against Trinidad and Tobago. And not to bash on those people because they're very hardworking players as well. But let's be honest here. I mean, if you can't win a game against Trinidad and Tobago to to qualify, uh, there's nothing there's nothing left to say. There's really nothing left to say. Performance wise, <laughs> the the two don't even compare. And congratulations. And in spite of them uh, not having the viewership and not having the backing of people and uh, people not being interested only in the World Cup. Now I'll tell you, when the World Cup in 2019, a lot of people got behind the women's national team. A lot of people got behind them. They were watching it in bars. People got happy. People celebrated. It was amazing. And then you have somebody like Mega Rapino trying to hijack this moment and comes up with, well, I think I deserve more money now that I won the World Cup. Well, you'll get your bonuses and whatnot, but you can't, you know, you can't make it into something else. You know, don't tarnish the moment and don't don't bring in everybody like don't don't just ruin the moment for everybody you know take your win take your win and then negotiate better next time because now you're you're a two-time world champion you know and hopefully you should make you know friends with the viewer and not alienate the people that are trying to watch you you know you play she's playing uh for ol reams a team that nobody has ever heard of. You know, and then you criticize Manchester United for not having a women's team. I mean, jealous much? <laughs> Honestly. Not taking away anything from the performance. The performance is there and the, the performance will be there. And, and and like I said, you know, when you compare the performance to the men, you got you, you got to give credit to the women's absolutely no comparison they won the world cup two times and they do have to play against brazil they do have to play against england they do have to play against sweden and so on and so forth but mainly brazil uh, england has a fantastic women's team the game in itself is different so i'm not comparing you know but i'm just saying they have competition and you have to respect it you really have to respect it because the U.S. men's national team were not even close 
we're not even close to a, a performance like that. Not even close. And I, I don't see the even if uh, you know we have Pulisic, yeah, uh, but still it's not enough. You know we're we're expanding. You know slowly we're having uh, some of the U.S. players play now. We have Serginho Dest in Barcelona, a defender. You know we're slowly, slowly, slowly improving year by year, and we'll eventually get there. But for the U.S. national team. Uh, men's national team to become a world champion one day it's gonna take a lot <laughs> a lot because you'll go against Argentina you'll go against France you go against Germany you go against Belgium you'll go against Spain um, there's a lot more competition and and these other countries have top-class talent that play in the best leagues of the world so unless we get uh, at least 14 to 16 players to play in the best leagues of the world uh, for the U.S. Uh, men's national soccer team. I don't see uh, I don't see them winning a World Cup anytime soon, and that's that's the reality. Um, and uh, the truth the truth hurts sometimes, but we have to face the facts the way they are. Uh, I hope for the women's team that they'll get to a better agreement um, next time around uh, because you know they deserve to be compensated but at the same time you have to get your viewership up and that is up to them and their their federation to figure out how can they make more people watch their games how can they broadcast more of their games so people would watch it but again here in the US that's close to impossible that's the harsh truth now let's go back to some of the games that were played this week and let's see what we can look forward to because we have another international break this week. So uh, let's get started with the second part of the show. In the Champions League, we had some very, very interesting games. Um, and let's just do a, a week roundup. So Lokomotiv uh, Moscow against Atletico, 1-1. Atletico will be very, very disappointed to drop two points there. Shakhtar Donetsk got clubbered by Borussia Mönchengladbach, 0-6. Bayern, of course, continued their winning ways um, at Salzburg, 6-2. Real Madrid had a uh, got their first three points against Inter, 3-2. Uh, ridiculous game. Uh, if you haven't seen the highlights, please do. Manchester City, 3-0 against Olympiacos. No surprises there. Porto 3-0 against Marseille. Very good performance for Porto. Uh, Midgieland lost 1-2 to Ajax. Ajax still, I'm, I'm pretty sure Ajax, uh, although they had a massive exodus of players, uh, they sold Ziyech, they, they sold a boatload of players from Ajax, but they still can be a problem. And uh, Liverpool won in Atalanta 5-0. And uh, these were, these were the, the first, uh, the, the fixtures on Tuesday. Um, also, Chelsea won three to nothing um, against uh, uh, Start the uh, Start the Ren. And for Wednesday, we had Zenit against Lazio was one one. Istanbul Başakşehir again ma against Manchester United two to one. That was a historic win for the Turkish side. Uh, Manchester United again. 
what a bad bad performance defending wise they were they were nowhere absolutely nowhere uh istanbul played a very smart game knew when to attack knew when to score and um they they get the three points and you know it it's it's going to be very interesting for manchester united and uh they're going to have to pull themselves together for the next few games because uh you know it's it's getting late in the stages and and you need the points sevilla plays against krasnodar they got a three to two win Surprising that Krasnodar played that well. Club Bruges faced Dortmund 0-3. Dortmund again. Haaland scoring. Uh, Barcelona played against Dinamo Kiev 2-1. Ferencvaros lost to Juventus 1-4. A game where Ronaldo came in after his uh, COVID roller coaster, uh, where he was not available for Barcelona. But this was his first game coming back and I mean what a game it was uh, you know coming back Morata scoring a double uh, the game completely changed uh, when Ronaldo came through and uh, I'm, I'm not sure that he'll be able to do that every single time um, Juventus is in, in a pretty tough position right now I mentioned before um, my opinion is that Pirlo is not the right coach for Juventus right now. They need some somebody with a lot more experience. I believe that Allegri would be is still unemployed. It will be a better solution because he knows Italy like uh, the back of his palm. So um, either him or Pochettino, he's still uh, not signed with anybody. I think those two would be a much, much, much better coaching solution than Pirlo. They have to figure out what's going to happen there but uh let's focus on some of the other games that uh happened over the weekend after that loss in the champions league manchester united bounced back three to one against everton a really good uh a really good performance united managed very well to press and to recover the ball in the opposition final third united was also able to explore the spaces between the everton's defense and midfield Keep the ball, play quick short passes, and then find an open player with an over-the-top ball. Everton were stretching themselves too wide, not having enough support, and most of their chances ended up with a poor pass to nobody. Fernandez, of course, gets the man of the match one more time. Two goals, one assist uh, to Cavani that gets his first goal in the United shirt. Uh, it was a fantastic, fantastic uh, counterattack. Fernandez actually pulled two defenders close to him, created a lot of space, passed the ball in for Cavani. Cavani with a vicious finish. Um, over the weekend, Gary Neville was uh, very, very adamant that Pogba should be starting in the United squad if this United squad is has is to have a future. Well, Gary Neville, what a legend. Um, but I don't know why... why uh, why are we still giving Paul Pogba so much credit? So much credit. I think that a lot of people, a lot of fans, and a lot of people in football give Paul Pogba a lot of credit that, in my opinion, he doesn't necessarily deserve. Yes, he has the quality, but, you know, he he can be one of the best uh, midfielders in a game. Can he defend? Yes, he can. Does he do it? No, he never does it. Can he track back? Well, technically he can. Does he do it? No. You know, can, can he provide assist? Yes, he can. Can he finish? Yes, he can. Does he do it? Yes, he does. 
but it's, it's a very inconsistent player and, and at that level I mean you have a competition right there in the Premier League you have Kevin De Bruyne that's if I would be Pogba I would be looking to that guy as my main competition my main adversary he's playing in City I'm playing in United he had a tremendous last season I didn't so I need to step up my game impress uh, on a training grounds and start all of the games because yes it is unacceptable that Pogba is on the bench because somebody like Pogba should be starting so the question is why don't you uh, why don't why don't we think about what Ali is doing because he's seeing something on a training ground that is making them not to, that is making him not play Pogba and he also keeps uh, Van de Beek on the on the on the bench as well and more recently both of them came in the second half so for Pogba to come in at, at at the same time or a few more minutes or to have only 20 minutes uh, of the game, I would be worried. Uh, I would be very worried and concerned about my spot in the team because uh, you saw in important games, Pogba was left aside and he just came in in the second half. So that's another thing to consider. Um, on some level, I do agree that he should be uh, starting but at the same time he needs to prove and he needs he needs to uh, you know have an impressive season because it's been a while since we've talked about Pogba having a, a an amazing season also this past weekend in the Premier League uh, Crystal Palace with a 4-1 against Leeds now this was a very harsh scoreline for Leeds um, and unfortunately they have conceded eight goals in the last two games Crystal Palace were clinical. They bounced back with a win after a loss at the Wolves. Um, it was a really hard scoreline. I don't think that Leeds deserved to win by four, but Palace was so were so clinical with everything. They they kept on finishing everything that that came their way. Uh, but I do hope and uh, I still believe that Leeds can stay afloat this season. They showed a lot of character. They showed a lot of strength, and uh, I'm pretty sure they'll bounce back from that. Um, Barcelona with a win 5-2 to two against Sevilla. Goal galore in Camp Nou. Um, the game took a sharp turn when Mandy was uh, awarded a red card for a handball committed on the line of the goal. Griezmann finally scored after missing a penalty kick early in a game. Uh, Messi again with a goal. Uh, good overall performance. Um, back in Italy, Lazio faced... Juventus, it was one to nothing for Juventus for 94 minutes of the game. Um, again, Juventus were doing, were doing fine. They had Ronaldo, and yes, Ronaldo, does, does he make a difference? Yes. Will he always make a difference? Well, no, but there's games where he actually makes a huge difference, uh, and in this game was one of them. They scored uh, on the attacking side. He made a huge. He makes a huge difference because uh, he pulls opponents. He he creates dangerous opportunities. He would play uh, with Morata. He he knows how to present danger to the opposition. But he was replaced with DiBala, and um, I think uh, I think the that that was a that was a mistake. He should have let him play the entire ninety minutes. Although. There were concerns about his fitness for training at home for so many, um, for what? I think it was close to three three weeks, three weeks and a half or something like that. Uh, I wouldn't be that concerned about Ronaldo's fitness, to be honest with you. I mean, we all know he's a 
machine. He's an animal. He trains 24-7. So, uh, but yeah, in the 94th minute, in the very last action of the game, it was a throw-in by Lazio. The ball got in a, around the penalty kick spot. A quick uh, ball to Caicedo that just, you know, turned around real quick, took a shot in the dark, and guess what? He found the net. 1-1. Lazio would be ecstatic with that point, but Juve will be very disappointed because they, they were leading the entire game. Um, My opinion, yeah, they did deserve the three points, but guess what? You know, uh, football is played on goals. It's not who deserves anything. Uh, we had their classic here in Germany where uh, Bayern um, defeated Borussia Dortmund. Again, Lewandowski on a score sheet. Alaba and Sané for Bayern, and then Haaland and Royce for Borussia Dortmund. Again, like, can anybody beat Bayern? I mean, yes, they can. They do have a loss, but it's it's just amazing the form that they're in. And and to be honest with you, I would I would just hate to face Bayern right now. I know I said it in the past, and I'll I'll say it again. These people, <laughs> these guys are just uh, amazing. The form that they are, and I don't see anybody. Uh, putting a lot of problems or asking a lot of questions of this team because they are absolutely fantastic. Uh, we had, in the Premier League, we had uh, WBA, West Bromwich Albion against Tottenham. A late goal for Harry Kane, and Mourinho will be ecstatic with uh, with his performance. Um, not not ideal. They, they would expect it to do a little bit better, but they'll take the three points and keep it moving. Um, Surprise performance by Aston Villa against Arsenal, three to nothing. Uh, the Gunners had a a terrible game. Um, Aston Villa had some tremendous finishing, yes, of course, but the defending from Arsenal at times, like they were just, it seemed like Grealish had a magic wand and they he froze everybody, and they he made everybody look at his feet. And nobody was tackling. They were just like, you know, pressing, but not too much, not to make them uncomfortable too much. And that's how all these three goals came came from. It's it's tackles that should have been made and weren't. And Aston Villa comes back with a fantastic performance, three to nothing. Uh, hats off to him. We had Manchester City against Liverpool. Another interesting game, of course. Uh, there were a lot of actions at at both sides of the goal. Um, De Bruyne had to had a chance to take the lead from a penalty kick, but missed it in the first half. He'd be very disappointed with that. Usually, uh, one of the best penalty kickers in the game um, missed that one time, and uh, the game finished one one. Both coaches were, as you can tell, uh, a little bit upset. You know. Uh, you could see Klopp and uh, Guardiola talking after the game, but both of them like had something to say. Uh, couldn't necessarily make up what they were saying, but judging by their body language, both of them were a little bit disappointed. Uh, back in La Liga, Valencia just stunned Real Madrid. 4-1, to one, an incredible scoreline. Three penalty kicks scored by Soler and uh, an own goal by Varane. Uh, what a game that was. Crazy, crazy game. Three penalty kicks for Villar- uh, for Valencia. I'm sorry. Um, 
and all of them were were true penalties. Uh, after the game, you know, Real Madrid fans, of course, came in and said, "Oh, everybody's against us," and blah blah blah. But no, honestly, you can't say that. You can't say that. It was all justified. Nothing was. Uh, there was no no reason to raise suspicion it was three clear penalties that were given correctly by the referees and and that was that and the fact that uh Varane scored a known goal didn't help at all um Benzema got on a sheet uh, on a score sheet for Real Madrid but that was pretty much it now of course again there's talks about Zidane uh some fans are very upset um Zidane of course after that performance he uh he took uh, he took all the responsibility like he always does. He said it's my fault. I put the players in a in a uh, on a pitch, and uh, it's my responsibility what happens and what the outcomes of the game are. And uh, that's that's how a coach a coach should be, you know, take responsibility in defeat and take responsibility, uh, you know, when credit is due. And um, on this situation, he was saying that uh, he needs to find some replacements. He needs to find some solutions. And um, well, one of those solutions, to be honest with you, I think it's it's Isco. We haven't seen Isco that much. We haven't seen Isco start that much this season. I think he is a gem of a player. Now I don't know. Maybe he doesn't train that well, and that's why Zidane doesn't prefer him. Uh, but I think it would be it would be a, a massive blow for Madrid to lose somebody like Isco. And yeah, they have a uh, Valverde who's been playing phenomenally recently. Yeah, absolutely. Can he be, uh, some people would say he is at the level of an Isco, but I think they're two different players. You know, he does have an attacking side to him as well, but he defends very well. I think he's a more complete player than Isco. Isco is absolutely phenomenal, absolute phenomenal attacking player. Defensive wise, you cannot count on him. He will not track back. Doesn't do a lot of defending. Uh, he he prefers the role of a attacking midfielder. You can't really play him uh, on uh, as a winger. Uh, Valverde the same, uh, more like a central attacking midfielder. Somebody to play around Casemiro. Isco is some somebody that would play around Benzema or off Benzema. Um, he has really good passing, but most importantly, he has tremendous dribbling. That can put you in a in a scoring uh, opportunity. Um, again, Wadisco is one of those players that unfortunately he doesn't have the consistency. Uh, absolutely, he's he's a master with the ball. He's a master. Um, if you look at some of his past performances, he's he's a wizard with the ball, an absolute wizard. And uh, when he does play, you, you just see there's something special about this guy. But we, you, we don't see it enough, and that's another thing. At this level, once again, you have to be consistent. That is what differentiates a good player from a bad player. It's it's a, not, not a good player from a bad player, but a, a top-quality player from just your, you know, guy that every now and then has a performance. And it's who you perform against as well. You know, there's one thing when you play uh, against, uh, you know, Scunthorpe United and one thing when you have an amazing performance against Barcelona that's where you know people start watching and people want to pay a lot of money to play uh, to to you know get you to play for their clubs and that's when you get the contracts and that's when you get the minutes in from your manager and that's when you get a lot of supporters loving you and buying your t-shirt and buying your merchandise and buying everything that that you have an ad for 
That's what a Ronaldo does. That's what a Messi does is perform consistently, but more importantly, to step on on a stage where it matters and shine bright when you have the opportunity to shine bright. Even if you come on as a sub, you still have to shine bright and you still have to prove your manager that, hey, you know what, coach? Maybe I should have started and keep it going. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately, uh, Isco hasn't been doing that recently, and I do hope that Madrid won't sell him and he'll uh, he'll fight for his uh, spot on the team. But right now, yeah, it seems Casemiro, Kroos, uh, Modric has been coming on as a sub more recently. Valverde has been starting a lot. Uh, Marcelo doesn't have his uh, regular spot as well. Marcelo has been a sub uh, recently, which is... Uh, you know, Marcelo, one of the best left backs and was the best left back of the world, in my opinion, for quite some time. Uh, now he's uh, he has a, a strong competition in uh, Ferlan Mendy, who's been playing fairly well. Um, had some pretty bad performances as well. But uh, generally speaking, he's just uh, getting accustomed to the team. And I think he'll be a tremendous left back. But that's where a team should shine. You know, when you when you bring in competition for these world class players, and uh, instead of stepping down, you should step up to the plate and e- improve. It's never too late to improve or be consistent. At least be consistent if you you, you you can't improve. If you're, you know, at the late stages of your career when you're, you know, past 33, 32, 33, you're not going to improve. But you can, uh, you can definitely maintain. You look at a Ronaldo, you look at a Messi, the performance is still there. Yeah, there's games, and they had these games before. There's some people that say, oh, look at Ronaldo, he has a lot of bad games. Look at a Messi, he barely scored 20 uh, 20 goals last season and all of that. Yes, there's games and games, there's seasons and seasons, and they have had these games before, but they used to shine a lot brighter when they were, you know, in their 20s. Absolutely, both of them. The speed was there. The agility was there. The hunger was there. The uh, the hunger is still there even to this day. Absolutely, because when you compete at this level, it never goes away. That hunger will always stay there. I mean, you don't win five or six Ballon d'Ors uh, by not having a hunger in you. So that that's not an argument. Uh, but yeah, going back to Isco... Um, I hope he's going to be a solution. I hope that uh, he's going to stay in Madrid and and regain his place. But if not, he definitely needs to move to a team uh, where he will be a starter and uh, a team where he can be motivated in. I honestly don't see him leaving for the Premier League. I see him going somewhere in Spain, Um, maybe Italy, but I'm not really sure. I know that, you know. Any team can have uh, anybody like Isco. Isco uh, can play for anybody in the world and be uh, an asset, a tremendous asset. To you know, to be honest with you, then and that's my opinion. I think he's a very valuable player that will find a spot at any team in the world, and uh, hopefully he does find a, a spot in Real Madrid. Um, we have an international break. This week, um, but before we go to that, you look at um, some of these giants right now. Juventus on the fifth place. You have Manchester United on the fourteenth place. Believe it or not, th- yes, it's early in the season, but on the fourteenth place, 
Um, not good. It's not looking good. Manchester City on the 10th place. They are definitely um, not making a run for the title this season. Arsenal um, on the 11th place right now. You look at Inter Milan on the 7th place. You look at Real Madrid on the 4th place. You look at Barcelona. They're on 8th place right now. Um, I don't know, guys. I don't know, but uh, a lot has to change. A lot has to change for, for these teams to come back and make a title run because as as it looks right now, uh, it's it's surprise leaders all over. All over, it's, it's, pe uh, it's, it's clubs that you wouldn't have believed that they actually uh, have a chance and, and be uh, at the top of the table. You look at the top of the table in La Liga right now, you have Real Sociedad, you have Villarreal, you have Atletico Madrid, and you have Real Madrid. Real Sociedad, after nine games, they're on the top of the table. Who would have thought that? Who would have thought that? And Barcelona on the eighth place. Uh, would you Would you have said that? At the beginning of the season? Probably not. You look in Italy right now, AC Milan is doing perfect. First place, then second place, Asuolo, then Napoli, then Roma, and then Juventus. And um, I'll be the first one to say Juventus is not looking good. Not looking good at all. And uh, if they don't, uh, and there's nothing really you can do about it because, uh, you know, Transfer window is not exactly around the corner, and they didn't do anything in the last transfer window. Yeah, they, they brought in Chiesa, but, you know, we'll see how that goes. If you look in the Premier League right now, Leicester at the top of the table, then Tottenham, Liverpool, Southampton, Chelsea, Aston Villa, Everton, Crystal Palace, Wolves, on a 10th place, Manchester City. Then you have Arsenal. Then you have West Ham. Then you have Newcastle. And then you have Manchester United and Leeds tied 10 points after 7 games. That is completely unacceptable for Manchester United. And uh, yeah, there's there's something going on. It's an attitude problem. I mean, you know, you lose 2-1 in the Champions League and then you, you come back and win 3-1 uh, with Everton. And it was a, a good performance by United. You know, defensively, they did well. They still conceded a goal, but uh, defensively, they did fairly well. Um, they weren't compromised as they were in most of their games this season. Uh, but yeah, you know, um, we're going to have an international break coming up and, uh, then we'll resume back to playing. Um, let's look at some of the games that are to come for this international break coming in this weekend. And we have uh, Argentina-Paraguay, we have Colombia versus Uruguay, we have Chile-Peru, we have Brazil against Venezuela on Sunday, we have Portugal-France, and this time around, Ronaldo's going to be available to play. That should be an exciting game. Um, last time, um, came out as a draw. Now we'll see if Ronaldo can make a difference. We have Germany-Ukraine. We have Switzerland, Spain, and on Monday we have the Netherlands against Bosnia, Italy versus Poland. It will be very interesting uh, to see how the uh, Italian defense will uh, stock up against uh, Lewandowski. And uh, Belgium versus England. This should be uh, a great game. A lot, a lot of young talent in both teams, and uh, it should make for an absolutely phenomenal game. 
Thank you very much for listening. That is all I have for you today. Uh, Follow us on social media and uh, we'll see you in the next one.